Hello and welcome to the West Beach Challenges podcast. I'm coming in and I'll be really interested. I basically set myself up in a cupboard with the hope that it's going to help you guys have a much smoother um, audio experience. Uh, so yeah, put your like little listening ears in and let me know. And firstly, apologies because I'm all about consistency um, and I have not been consistently sending out a podcast. So firstly, apologies. Hopefully you've been catching up with all of the, like literally I think 130 something podcasts that have been um, prior to this one. And if you haven't, you know, do work back through the archives. Um, but today is going to be really a really special podcast, if I do say so myself. I mean, self-praise is no praise, but I do think if you were listening to this and you are someone who's just so frustrated with themselves, because despite having all of the knowledge, you are still feeling very stuck. You are still feeling like you are kind of self-sabotaging, that you're not really your own best friend. And what I'm hoping to do is help you unpick what's keeping you stuck and hopefully give you some strategies and definitely some energy and forward momentum in getting yourself into action. Because so frequently the women I work with, the reason that they start working with me is not because they don't know how to nourish themselves better. And obviously sometimes there's some tweaks and there's some things that they do need like a bit of help with. And obviously I share all my knowledge and all of my top tips to make these things as easy as possible. But quite often it's not the information that actually makes the changes so transformational and so life-changing. It's actually getting into action. And for the women I work with, sometimes they have been stuck for decades and they have tried so many different things, but whatever they've tried, it's never really felt meaningful. It's never really belonged to them. And therefore it's not surprising that this sort of strange set of behaviors and habits have never really resonated, never really aligned with the type of person they wanna be, and they fall by the wayside. And I want you to think, are you a little bit like that? Have you tried Atkins? Have you tried intermittent fasting? Have you tried uh, banning all sugar? Have you tried Slimming World? Whatever you've tried previously, there's probably a really good reason that it hasn't worked. And even if it did work, the results that you got weren't meaningful because the only result that's ever going to be meaningful is when you find a pattern of looking after yourself that you love so much that even if I said to you, and I always feel like this is the litmus test when I work with people, when I say to my clients, okay, so say just for example, like nothing else was ever going to shift. So we were never going to shift your body composition any further. You know, maybe we would never even get you kind of fitter than you are right now. Would you still engage with the habits and behaviors that you've currently got in place to look after yourself? And everybody without even like a moment's hesitation is like there is no way that I would stray from this pattern of kind of deep self-love that I've created for myself because it makes me feel amazing. So regardless of whether kind of aesthetically anything ever changed, the feeling that you have inside your being when you know you're looking after yourself and you're nourishing yourself and that you are sort of showing up for training consistently and you're getting enough movement into your day, like you feel like you've got superpowers and you're not going to want anybody to take that feeling away from you. So actually it becomes like a really lovely 
forward kind of momentum spiral because it's so enjoyable because you feel so good you seek out more of it and actually as a byproduct of this and this is what i'm always talking to women about let your results be a byproduct um, for the changes that you're implementing in your life do not let the results that you want dictate to you kind of the kind of actions that you're going to step into because if you're only ever waiting for your scale weight to change and that's your focus you are going to be led down a really kind of slippery tricky path of likely kind of feeding into that feeling of unworthiness and failure and maybe not getting the results that you want because you're not actually focusing on the actions you're not actually focusing on this change of identity that you really want um, to inhabit. So you know you want to be the type of person who does nourish themselves optimally, who looks for opportunities to move and puts plenty of movement into their days, somebody who trains consistently to future-proof themselves and basically kind of pays into their pension pot of their future body um, by making sure that they are turning up to training no matter what. And that is where the magic is going to lie. So I wanted to come in and firstly talk to you and you might have to, <laughs> I, I'm going to create like a little presentation, but for now you might have to close your eyes and imagine a really small circle in the center. And I want you to think about this as being your identity and your identity is exactly who you believe you are now. So these are the stories you kind of tell yourself about the type of person you are. So you might be really stuck at the moment because you have a belief about the fact that you are a person who doesn't stick at things. You are somebody who doesn't have any willpower. You don't have any motivation. Um, you are somebody who maybe is like predisposed to being a little bit lazy, who doesn't really consistently work out or train. You're somebody who's addicted to sugar. You are somebody who is too busy to train, um, who has a family that eats in a faddy, fussy way, so there's no way you can possibly nourish yourself better. Like you're going to have all of these beliefs tied into the center. And this is all about your identity and who you believe you are. And the thing about this is whatever your identity is in the middle, it's going to be like a little bit of a vibrational frequency. And I want you to imagine there's another circle. And this is the circle um, around your identity and this is going to be all around your behaviors so your behaviors are going to be directly impacted upon by your belief about the type of person you are so obviously if you believe you're the type of person who's addicted to sugar your behaviors the vibration that you put out is obviously going to impact on those behaviors and you're going to carry on stuck in those kind of motor patterns, if you like, or those thought patterns, and that's going to impact on your behavior. And then if you imagine, so you've got your identity is that like little circle in the center, and then how that ripples out and impacts on your behaviors. And then beyond the behaviors is your results. So if you hold a belief, let's just stick with sugar addiction, because it's my favorite when people tell me they're addicted to sugar, because you're not, by the way. Um, so if you believe you're addicted to sugar, your behaviors are going to help reinforce that belief. And then your results are going to be that inevitably you're going to feel very sluggish in your body. You're going to be experiencing these um, blood sugar drops. That's going to lead you to search for more sugar. And obviously 
it's likely you're going to start living in a body that feels lethargic, that feels heavy, that feels like it's getting further and further away from your ideal identity, that identity of a person who really looks after themselves with deep self-love. And the interesting thing, when you start thinking about your identity, you will have held beliefs around the type of person you are for all aspects of your life. So you will have one identity maybe around this whole theme of like how you look after yourself. So that will be things like your nourishment, your training, your movement. You'll also have like an identity that you hold about the type of person you are at work, another identity about the type of person that you are maybe in relationships and friendships. And again, just starting to think about the bigger picture. And when I coach women, I think the thing that really shocks them is the fact that we're working on changing your identity for how you look after yourself, how you find a pattern of deeper self-love. But actually, there's this kind of lovely, beautiful ripple effect into all aspects of your life. And you'll start to get much more curious about maybe the identity and health beliefs you have around the type of partner you are, um, the type of person you are at work. And again, just starting to get curious, obviously bringing loads of compassion on this journey too, but then actually affecting meaningful change across every single aspect of your life because identities can shift. They are not set in stone. And I think it's really hard sometimes to believe in yourself. And that can be why it's really useful to either get into a community where other people are striving for or are already embodying the identity of the type of person you would like to be or to work with a coach who can again give you that self-trust to give you back your autonomy that you can impact meaningful change in your life that you can shift your actual identity and not just these peripheral habits not me just giving you a meal plan and being like here you go eat all of this and all will be well because the problem and this is the problem when so many people leap into fad diets or meal plans or getting really focused on the result they want to see rather than actually changing their core beliefs and identity is that everything is just very short term and yes you probably fleetingly get the feeling of success and get the feeling that you're moving in the right direction but because you've never really addressed kind of the core issue everything just rebounds and in regards to kind of things like dieting often you have destroyed your body image a little bit more during the process and you have definitely um, put a massive hole in your self-trust and your autonomy and your belief that you can look inside yourself for the answers because again you've just really given away your power if you like and asked somebody else to kind of tell you what to do rather than really taking the time and doing the real work. I mean, there's a really good reason people don't want to do the real work. It's because it's obviously time consuming, be much easier. I, I, you know, often people approach me about coaching and they're like, oh, okay, so, you know, I'd really like um, you to tell me what to eat for breakfast. And I'm like, no, because I know to impact meaningful, sustainable, life-changing changes, you are going to have to do this piece of work. So, this is the first thing I just want you to start getting really curious about. And I'm going to have to get you to picture something else now. And this is this is really like a little bit of a, a graph, if you like. And it's going to be about where you sit. And I don't want you to think about 
the places or the quadrants in this graph as being stuck. And it's perfectly possible for you to move in between the um, different quadrants, if you like. But I definitely want you to be moving towards trying to find your majority place to be in flow and ease. And when I talk about flow and ease, I want you to feel like that there's, you know, just this easy ability for you to be looking after yourself. And I'm going to tackle them one by one. And I just want you to get really curious. Where do you put yourself at the moment? And um, I did this with my group coaching clients on Monday. And it was really lovely because obviously they've been doing amazingly. And for so many of them, they were actually identifying with being in flow and ease. But let's start with perfection. So when you're in perfection, and I love working with people who've got this really kind of perfection mindset and like getting everything exactly right. So if you think about being in perfectionism, um, this is where everything has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it's not really good enough. And then you often find like below perfection is fuck it. So you often find that you're all or nothing. But when you're imperfect, like your nourishment, and this might be if you think about nourishment being more about your whole self. So it's not just um, about how you are feeding yourself or how you are training your body or how you are moving your body. But it's also, you know, maybe about your relationships. Like you're just trying to be very perfect in all of the realms of your life. So turning up as a perfect parent, perfect partner, you know, you are basically all in. Everything needs to be just so. And you're really hard on yourself if you're not able to kind of feel like you're showing up in every single sphere of your life perfectly. And these types of clients come to me and they often do really, really well straight away. So, you know, they'll hit their protein, they'll hit their steps, they'll do their perfect workouts. But what happens is that perfect is really fragile. It's really rigid. So a kid suddenly off school and suddenly they don't hit their workout and then they kind of spiral because they never had any fluidity with how they were looking after themselves. And they only feel like they're in any type of kind of flow and ease when everything is perfect. They don't know how to be in that kind of messy middle where you might just have to adapt things. You might just have to be like, you know what? I had planned to work out today. That's not going to happen, but I can still do something. Maybe I can still do that food shop online because I can't even leave the house today. Or maybe I can do like a short workout video, or maybe I can do 10 press ups, or maybe I can just make a plan for the rest of the week or even the following week. But when you're in perfectionist mindset, you can't really entertain the messy middle. It just freaks you out. You don't like it. And this is the reason you stay really stuck because unless you are being perfect, you don't think there's any point. Like, unless you can hit 70 to 100 grams of protein, what's the point of hitting? any protein in your day. Like you just don't do well unless you are being absolutely perfect. And not only is the problem with perfectionist mindset being the fact that it's so fragile and rigid, it's also like really, really, really joyless. And when people sit in perfectionism, you have to kind of ask yourself like, are you going to be having this full, vibrant life? Is the tapestry of your life going to feel like it's got enough joy in it? If you're always able to perfectly tick off your actions of kind of looking after yourself, like the likelihood is, um, if you can, hand on heart, be like, yes, nothing ever disrupts my ability to um, train, nourish and um, move enough 
like your life is probably lacking in other areas because things should come along, things should be disrupted. Um, that is going to be an indication that you are living your one and only life very joyfully. So maybe you really relate to that, but what is very closely linked, so if you imagine kind of on this axis, you've got on one axis, you've got kind of like nourishment and that's how you nourish your whole self. So your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, your relationships, your spiritual well-being. And then along the other sort of bottom axis, you've got kind of deep self-love. When you're in perfectionism, your nourishment is very perfectly high. So you're probably trying to do everything perfectly. However, your deep self-love is actually really quite low. And that's why it can feel so joyless and it can feel like a real slog and it can feel very unnerving. You don't really want anything to shake you out of it. And what happens is obviously when one of the tires goes pop, you very quickly fall into fuck it. Like, oh, you know, this weekend I went out. I don't know. I had too many drinks on Saturday night. Sunday's a write off. Like, oh, I'll start again on Monday and I'll be really perfect on Monday rather than being like, you know what, the next time I get an opportunity to look after myself, which does feel like it's more aligned with the way I want to be, I'm going to make sure that I realign everything. So it feels like I'm kind of back on track with this way of looking after myself. But instead, you're in fuck it. And when you're in fuck it, I just kind of, I was trying to think of a different word for it, but I don't think there's anything that kind of really, um, says it like that word and this is where your deep self-love is really low and your nourishment's really low so you are in shadow joy so yes it can feel really joyful when you're like you know what i'm just going to eat all of this tub of ice cream but it's not actually joyful it's actually quite numbing um you are self-soothing you are not self-loving you'll find yourself being really frustrated with yourself and you'll use words like i am always self-sabotaging um and it's really, really tricky when you're here because you're not looking after yourself. You're not nourishing any of those really important elements of self. And there's no form of deep self-love. And I think when I start to talk to clients about deep self-love, it's really teasing out that sometimes deep self-love is making those hard decisions. And there's a real difference between deep self-love and self-soothing. And when you're in this fuck it bucket, you are soothing and it's just shadow. Like everything kind of pretends it's masquerading as comfort and love and joy. But actually the way it makes you feel afterwards is just a little bit hollow, just kind of a little bit empty. And you're likely gonna kind of fall back into a shame spiral. And then you're gonna go back to perfect. So quite frequently the clients that I have to kind of save or help them stop this kind of spin is between these two elements of being perfect or in the fuck it bucket perfect in the fuck it bucket oh and then I mean these guys I love like if you are in my next um little quadrant which is stuck so your deep self-love it's okay and you're sort of looking out after yourself okay because people who are in the stuck quadrant they've got loads of knowledge loads of it oh my goodness like they know everything and um, they love to get prepared so you know they've probably or maybe you have probably got lots of equipment maybe maybe you've got loads of active wear maybe you have like the fitbit maybe you've got like loads of different apps on your phone that could 100 percent help you get into action um, but people who are in stuck they're waiting for the right time they are telling themselves a story 
about the fact that there will be a perfect time where the stars align, all of the uh, demands in their ordinary life, even though they're really quite high all of the time and have been for many years, they will all magically disappear. And that will be the magic time for the person who is feeling stuck to move into action. And the problem with being stuck is that you quite often have to get really real with yourself and you have to ask yourself, how much of staying stuck is protecting you? Because if you stay stuck, like it's lovely, you get all the joy of, from being in prep, you get all that joy of maybe like spending some money, buying some new equipment, but actually, because you never action anything, you still feel like a bit of a fraud. You're not building up any kind of self-trust. You're not feeling very autonomous with yourself. You don't really trust that you'll ever really take that next step, but you're really good about thinking that the you of tomorrow is going to suddenly stumble across a very fortunate set of circumstances where there'll be more time, more energy, more money um, to unstick yourself. So th this is a really tricky one to be in because sometimes there will be a narrative there that you really actually do believe. So if you're in stuck, I do want you just to ask yourself, like, what story do you tell yourself? How do you stay in stuck? And how have you stayed in stuck so long? And what is staying in this stuck little bracket protecting you from doing? Is it protecting you from failing again? Is it protecting you from kind of doing something you perceive as, as being really difficult? It's gonna be really hard. Maybe your past experiences when you try to look after yourself better were quite punishing. Maybe they weren't very loving. Um, maybe you kind of told everybody that you were doing something and then it didn't work. And you're really worried that if you move from being stuck into action, you're going to get it a bit wrong again, and then you're going to fail. And then everybody's going to know that yet again, you didn't manage to um, move yourself successfully into action to get meaningful results. And then again, I want you to ask yourself, is that belief true? Like the people around you, do they really believe that? or are they your best supporters? So just want you to get really, really interested. If you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of recognize myself in stuck, or maybe you recognize yourself in fuck it, or maybe you recognize yourself in perfect. And the likelihood is you do drift between them. And I just want you to have a think like right now, and I love um, when people journal and when I work with clients either one-to-one -one or in groups, really like it when you guys journal. I want you to use this as a journaling task, like where am I right now? And I want you to write it down. Are you in perfect? Are you in stuck? Are you in fuck it? And then, I mean, this is the quadrant everyone wants to be in, but you're not going to probably stay here forever either. And I think that's the, the thing about journeying and doing the real work. It's actually allowing fluidity because you will find yourself because of your previous um, history, you will find that you get pulled back into perfect. You might find you get pulled back into stuck and fuck it. And then there's all the different things. So it might be that some bits are in flow and ease and some bits are stuck. It might be like nourishment is really clicking for you, but training isn't. Um, so again, it's not that everything in life might be in flow and ease. I suppose it's a bit like when you want the top of your house to be clean and tidy and the bottom of your house to be clean and tidy, but it never really feels like you can get there and you can just like pull in one thing and then everything else um, feels like it's a bit chaotic and disarray. And that might be how you're feeling. So I want you to actually get quite detailed when you're writing it down, what bits are in flow and ease, what bits are stuck, what bits are perfect and what bits are fuck it. And when you are in flow and ease, everything feels easy 
and it feels almost like quite magnetic. Like the more you look after yourself, the easier it is to look after yourself. And actually it starts rippling out into all aspects of your life. You might find that when you have nailed looking after yourself better, you start getting a bit more curious about the relationships or things you might be tolerating in other aspects of your life because you've got this new level of energy and you start getting quite curious, like actually, I'm really starting to love myself really quite deeply and I'm nourishing myself, you know, I'm nourishing myself physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, I'm really, you know, really, really finding that I'm able to put myself first. Everything's starting to feel like flow and ease and then you can start tackling other aspects of your life, which previously it might just have blown your mind to even have gone there. Um, and yeah, it should feel quite effortless and it feels like there's a nice forward momentum. So, you know, you start your day maybe with a bit of movement that leads into a lovely breakfast. You stop thinking so much and it doesn't feel like a massive power leak for you. That's when you know you're in flow and ease. And this is where I want most of my clients to feel like they are the majority of the time. And I want them to be using things like journaling tasks or coaching calls to find the bits that still feel sticky, that still feel like they're trying to be too perfect or when they feel like they kind of fall in the fuck it bucket, how to kind of get them out. Because it never matters when you fall in the fuck it bucket. What matters is your response to falling there and making sure that you don't linger there too long. And all of those things are very straightforward and simple. Again, when you've got a community that's supporting you, when you have a coach who's on your side and supporting you, it's really easy to start identifying it and naming it is really, really powerful as well. I really don't want to make this podcast too long. I like to keep them like under 30 minutes and I can't even see how long I've been chatting for, but I'm pretty sure it's probably around that level of time. So I'm gonna leave you with one final thing. So I really want you to have a think about where you feel like you are, what quadrant you're in at the moment and for what aspect of your life. And um, next, I want you to just do one thing for me and I'm gonna keep this super simple. When you have identified that maybe this pattern of deep self-love does feel like it's in flow and ease, what habits and behaviors are you embedding into your life? Like what happens in life? Like what does your life look like? What habits are you engaged in when things are in flow and ease? Like what's your nourishment like? What's your movement looking like? Do you go get sunlight into your eyeballs in the first kind of quarter of your day? Are you planning an exercise? Have you got a planned kind of deep self-love food shop that you know you can just order? So all those practical things you do. Um, so shopping, planning, writing things down, maybe journaling in the morning, maybe journaling in the evening, maybe inserting some form of movement to get you back into your body, whether that's some press-ups or some yoga or some mobility. Like what does work look like? When does the laptop go away? Like, when does your out of office go away? What are your boundaries like? Because when you're in flow and ease, you, you're not gonna have too many power leaks. You're actually gonna be quite boundaried because you're gonna be driven by this notion of loving yourself deeply, putting your whole self first. And again, what do your relationships look like when you're in flow and ease? 
How is your rest when you are in flow and ease? And what things do you do to protect it? Because none of this is naturally going to happen. In the current world we live in, like we are so pulled to just doing more and more and more and staying on our devices longer and longer and longer. And really, you know, we are encouraged to self-soothe all of the time. Like if you, you know, sometimes even if we phone a friend, they might be like, oh, you know, you really deserve that. Um, so it's really stepping away from that and being like, okay, is this real joy, comfort, nourishment, or is this kind of shadow joy, comfort, nourishment? And just this weekend, like if you're listening to this over a weekend or during the week, I just want you to really kind of have a raised awareness around the topics that I've been chatting about today. So you can start to think about it like where am I in all of the different aspects of my life so I want to think you to think about that identity piece I want you to think about the beliefs that you hold around the type of person you are in all spheres of your life then I want you to get really curious like if that belief change what ripple effect would it have on your habits and behaviors um, and I think what I'm going to do, because there's only like one minute and 30 seconds left, is leave you um, with the knowledge that a week on Monday, I am going to be starting to work with people for the 10 week run up into Christmas. So I've never done this before. It's just going to be kind of like time limited pre-Christmas working with me one to one special. And I want to take people on this journey of really finding a pattern of nourishment, training, and um, movement that makes them feel like they've got superpowers, that makes them feel like they are thriving. And by the end of the 10 weeks, I want you to feel totally autonomous. I want you never to have to look extrinsically again for guidance on how to look after you because you are gonna be an expert in how to look after you. You are gonna have a set of behaviors and actions that you love embedding. And you're going to kind of know on a really deep level that um, these, these habits and behaviors are personal to you. They are bespoke, they have been co-designed by you. And if you want to know more, I'm going to properly kind of release on Monday to give kind of a week for people to kind of um, say they're interested. But if you'd like to know more, just pop me a message. Otherwise I'm gonna carry on this little discussion next podcast because I've got lots more to tell you. All right, guys, stay wonderful. Bye.